Hello, Statler and Waldorf. This is Rodney Smith from Watch It Played, and I wanted to record a quick congratulation message to you for two years of podcasting and now creating YouTube videos as well. I've listened to every podcast you guys have put out, and you guys are going stronger than ever. It's been an absolute treat getting to know both of you virtually, online, and in person at conventions. So thanks for all the moon pies. Thanks for letting me come on and be part of one of your episodes, and I look forward to what you guys are going to be doing next. And I also want to thank you for having Rhiannon and Suzanne on, who beat you guys at your own game on your show. I know exactly what that's like, and that's a situation that crosses borders, so <laughs> thanks for making me feel a little less alone out there. Until your next episode, keep rolling dice and taking those names. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. RDTN is a show with two longtime friends that talk about board games, card games, and anything else that grabs their attention. Squirrel! Here are your hosts, the Waldorf and Statler of board gaming podcasts, Marty and Tony. Happy anniversary, baby! Got you on my mind! Happy anniversary! Hey, and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Like you didn't know that from the startup from Eric bringing us in and that awesome, awesome music, Marty. Great job there. Episode 54. Happy anniversary, dude. That's right. Happy anniversary, man. What's the two-year anniversary? What are we supposed to get each other? Is it plastic? paper what is the two-year anniversary see we should look this stuff up and there's two types right there's traditional and then there's the modern that's right now i know the first year's paper so i got you that toilet roll the toilet paper roll so you're welcome for that and i appreciate that and i'm still using it the word of the day man keeps you happy that's right and what is the second anniversary somebody help well, me out here why don't you go look that up so guys thank you so much for hanging with us for another two years uh, i know for those of you that probably came back a year later and said really they hung in there after that first year we thought maybe they would disappear no we are still here we still are putting out rolling dice and taking name podcast having a blast doing it we've made a lot of great friends this year we appreciate everybody's comments over the year giving us input feedback staying with us for at the table i know it's gone by the wayside well we'll we'll resurrect it once in a while and then of course we've got other things going on um you know throwing moon pies at you if you were at bgg con i mean just a banner banner year and, and we were we we're so happy to be part of this great community Cotton and China. Getting back to the important things. So you need to get me a cotton gift and a China gift. Okay. One cotton ball coming up. I'll get you a cotton ball in China. China? I'll buy you a teacup. Oh, sweet. There you go. Thanks to everybody who has been around with us for... For it doesn't matter whether it's just you're, whether you're brand new or not, whether you've been here from the beginning or you're a brand new listener. We just really appreciate all the wonderful feedback that we've been getting. And currently we are doing our uh, year end of survey right now where we're giving away some great prizes, such as a copy of Sheriff of Nottingham. And you can go and find that link on our website or on our BGG Guild. But we just asked a few survey questions. And one of the things we ask on there is to give us some comments. And it, I have really read some wonderful comments from so many 
different people about how they like the show and it really makes us feel good and it really just gives us energy to keep getting on late at night every other week and doing this. Yeah, the energy is really flowing. I think my head's on the desk over here. It's been a long day. So yeah, my, my energy's up, dude. So go, <clears throat> keep it going. So yes, survey. Keep doing it. Okay, now, and it ends when? December 21st, is that right? December 21st. I believe that was it. I wish you wouldn't throw that to me without... Yes, I think it is the I 21st. I know it's the 21st. I'm just verifying. I knew the answer. I just wanted to do the check verify back with you. Yes, so. because that's what we're going to do, because then we can have all the results and get the prizes out. And then on our last show of... Uh, 2014, we're going to talk about the survey results uh, that will come out on December 30th. Right. And one thing I was going to say, I forgot, so I'm going to throw it back to you. Oh, oh you're throwing it. Oh, <laughs> one thing I forgot to say, so I'm going to throw it back I, I to forgot. you. I thought she was going to say what you forgot to no, say. No, I forgot exactly what I was going to say about the stupid survey. Oh, man. It's not a stupid survey, by, by the way. It's a good survey. So don't get me wrong. Oh, oh yeah. Now I remember. So it's, it ends just in time so we can, like the Christmas Carol, snuggle down for a long winter's nap, you know, reading it. And I can go and, and enjoy the holidays by reading the comments submitted by the listeners. I haven't, I haven't read any of them yet. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I want to be surprised. You're behind because you're going to have a lot to read and you can do it. You can read it while eating some figgy pudding. Exactly. We're blowing the leaves, you know. What is figgy pudding? I don't know. Uh, and why won't they go until they get some? Isn't that isn't that song rude? Think about it. We won't go until we get some. What they're gonna hang out on your front porch until you feed them? Well, you gotta think back to the times. Yeah, that's how you make got food. You begged for it with the Christmas songs and everything, I guess. I have no idea. So let's let's get back to what we're here for podcasting about games. Oh, we are? Oh, yeah, sure. We could talk about games. Have you played anything fun lately? Yes, I have been playing something incredibly fun, something very old, and I've been teaching it to the family and the neighbors and everything, and it is for sale. Yeah, everybody's like, for sale? Man, God, you're behind the times. Yes, I am behind the times, but you haven't played that yet, have you, Marty? I have not, and I think we're supposed to get together sometime and maybe play some games. I mean, you can bring it over and teach me because I'm really curious about it. If, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure everybody, I'm behind the curve, like I said. But, I mean, it's a, it's a very quick card uh, auction-style game where you are bidding on properties using the money that you have. And then, well, the whole object of the game is to get the most money at the end. But the way you do that is you bid on properties and the person with the highest bid gets the highest number of property and you keep dealing out these cards until all the cards are dealt out. And then the second phase is you put out contracts for your potential house buyers and then you lay down the cards in which you had previously bid on and the person with the highest house value then gets the highest contract on the table and you go through all of those and then you total up the points. For such a simple little game, it is. It's, it's a great filler. I really enjoyed playing that. I enjoyed teaching it. I liked watching it um, when people were playing and how they were interacting and watching the strategy in their faces as they tried to outbid one another and try to guess, is he going to one-up me? What's he going to do? Things like that. It, it was a really neat game, so I'm glad I was able to pick that up at BGGCon. Once again, thank you, Suzanne, for hooking me up with that game. It, it is a fun game. And you, um, there's two versions, right? You got the There's a small version and a bigger version. What's the difference between the two? I think it is just the tokens for the money. And guess what? It doesn't matter to me. I, the cards are the same. Everything's in there. But the tokens are these paper-thin wafers. That's all I need. And then if I want to substitute them out, shoot, you could do this with nickels and pennies if you had the cards. But, you know, for the difference in cost, I'm all about I'm all about keeping it simple there. 
Well, dude, we had that Kickstarter where we bought all those metal coins. Sounds like a perfect place to use those things. Exactly. If I could find them. And we'll talk about oh, that later. Uh, we'll talk about that later. So the game that I got to play most recently is one of the hot games that I have been looking forward to, and that's Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I got to play that uh, the other night at our game club, at uh, Queen City Game Club, and got to play it a couple times. And let me tell you, that is a fun game. The whole premise is you're trying to build a castle. Uh, your king has instructed you to put together a castle. And what happens is, is, is there's all these rooms or these tiles that represent rooms that are out on the table. And they're represented by different square footage, 100 square foot, 200 square feet, 250. And each one of them have a different shape. Some are small circles, some are large circles, small squares, large squares, L shapes, uh, whatever. And what happens is, is... Uh, you, there's these cards that uh, you draw. It says, here's how many rooms or size rooms you're going to have to work with this turn. When four players, you're going to have seven to work with. And those come out on the table. Each turn, there is a master builder. The master builder puts those in order based on the price that it would cost to purchase those anywhere from like a thousand to 15,000. So he gets to decide what room is going to be worth what for that particular round. And then you go around and each person who wants to buy a room pays the master builder the money to build that room. And when it gets to the master builder who goes last, he pays the bank to build the room. So that's kind of how the mechanics work. And it's a typical Euro game. You're trying to score the most victory points. So when you build a room, each room is worth a few amount of victory points and you get those. There's different colored rooms to where if you close off all the exits, entrances and exits to a room, you get to take advantage of a special ability of that particular room. So there's this concept is that as you're building your castle and putting together your corridors and your living areas and your sleeping rooms, that you'll be able to build combos that, okay, maybe this room gets you to put a free corridor down which allows you to finish off another room which allows you to do something and uh, at the beginning of the game there's random objectives that the king is looking for he may say i want uh as much outdoor living square footage as you can give me or i want uh this i want uh, uh as many square tiles that you can give me and everybody works towards that and the person who gets the, the highest gets like eight points and the second gets four. But in addition, there's also secret objectives dealt at the beginning of the game and that you can obtain during the game that at the end you expose those or, or share those and then you have end game scoring points for those. So if that sounds like a game you're interested in, I would highly make it, recommend trying it. Uh, you play it once, you learn the rules real quick and it plays pretty fast. Like I said, with our game night, we played it once. Everybody looked at each other. Let's go, go it again. We set up, played it again and it went really quick. Fun game. And it wasn't because you won two times, was it? No, I only won, won once. Oh, I thought you won back to back. No, no, I didn't. Uh, the person who taught the game won, won the first game. I, I got lucky. I'll admit, I got lucky in the second game. The things just worked out for me. So I know I told you there were these objectives that everybody's mm -hmm. supposed to work on. It so happened that one of my secret objectives also kind of worked in tangent with that one. Mm -hmm. And so I was really doubling up on points. And obviously that secret bonus objective nobody knew about. And then when I slapped it down at the end, it got me a big whopping amount of points, which are propel me to the front so things just really worked out for me that game synergy wise i got my little engine going and it's it's really cool in a, in a euro game when you work on getting an engine going and it actually works which typically doesn't happen for me i mean and that's always a good feeling especially the first or second time you play and you're like oh that makes you feel like hey 
I understand this game really well. So that's the a hot game that's out right now. Glad I got to play it. The only issue I have with the game is, and people have said this before, the components are pretty chintzy. Uh, you put together the uh, the board with these little cardboard uh, pieces, and it's really thin stock cardboard. And I don't know why they did that. It's, it's flimsy where you could shake it. As we were putting the, the game up last night, people were wondering, why didn't they just make a standard game board and play on that as opposed to punch-out cardboard that you assemble to hold all your tiles and everything on? Somebody said, well, maybe they're going to do expansions. I don't, Maybe so, but the best thing would have been just do a regular board, rectangle board with the shapes on the board and put your stuff out like that. Do you even need the board? Yeah, you do because there's uh, there's st- there's places where each of the rooms go, stacks of rooms, and when a stack is depleted, uh, you actually get points for having those at the end of the game. You get two points for every piece you have from a depleted stack. Yeah, there's a place for cards. I guess maybe you don't need a board, no per se, but I would rather pay five, six, seven dollars more to get a decent board. So that's my only knock on the game, and it's nothing nobody else hasn't said, uh, which is a double negative and bad to say, but. Uh, the components just aren't that great. Okay. Well, as long as the gameplay's fun, that's that's one it of the is. things. Okay. And that's what's well, important. I, were you surprised that you liked it? I, I was. Uh, a lot of people compared it to Suburbia, which I never played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't sure I was going to think of it. And I, I don't know what to really call it. I, I You could maybe say a version of tile laying because you're laying down these pieces to build your rooms. But it is kind of cool as you're doing it. You're building your castle and, and stairwells and and uh, what what uh, there's a unique mechanic to where if you have an activity room, a lot of it gets really loud in the activity room, and it'll say if you have like adjacent to it like a, a bedroom, you get minus one victory point because nobody wants a loud music room right beside a bedroom. Yeah, I can understand that. And but okay, you've you played Alhambra a long time ago, so no, yes, you did because you played it with me a long time ago. Oh, really? Yeah, but I like it. You said. It's a game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean it's it's a long I mean you're you're building your your city, not not a room. So I'd be interested to compare it to to that if I ever get an opportunity. I hope to be at the game club this coming Wednesday, so maybe some people will show up with games or I know they'll all fall over dead for me showing up, but anyway. So that's beside the point. We won't go to that. But anyway, okay, you ready for a rant? Yeah, I'm go for it. All right. So this game that everybody's been talking about, yada, yada, Red 7, Red 7, Red 7. Yeah, great game. Love the game. You kind of grew, it grew on you. I enjoyed it. We were playing the other night, and I'm going, if there had been a Dice Tower Award for worst written rule book in the shortest <laughs> version, and everybody's going to say, what are you talking about? It's not written. No, it's not. It is formatted awful. Absolutely awful. The examples are, we we were playing one, and the sequence came out. The the card we know who has the longest sequence. Yes. So, how do you determine if the sequence, if two people have four cards in a sequence, who's the winner? How do you determine the winner? Do you remember? Yeah, it should be the highest number, and if it's the highest, whatever color on the wheels is better. Okay. I completely forgot about the highest number. And I'm like, is it the color? Is it the number? And I'm pouring through that stupid rule book. Would it have killed them to use this function in Word where you put this list, you hit this list button, and it puts these little dots right next to these items? Would it have killed them to say, all right, this is how you determine a tie? 
And you would have said, it's you do this, you do this, you do this. I, that's the engineering mind in me. Okay. You mean those things like called bullets? Bullets. Imagine that. You could have inserted bullets in there. Oh, look, trust me. You could have you could have lowered the font on some of the people's names in the back to get those bullets in there. All right. <laughs> well, it's not a very long rule book, is it? No. Add a page. It, it, what would it have hurt? Taking some of the front off and put some of the names up there. Oh my gosh. So we're going through it. And then, the, okay, fine. I missed it because I'm, I'm looking through it. And then you look at the examples, the example that talks about longest run. If you look at it, yeah, the seven's in there, but it's the seven red. Mm-hmm. And the other hat set doesn't have a seven in it, but is it because it's the seven or is it because it's the red color? Oh, yeah. Now, I do remember just when somebody taught me the rules that the number is first followed by color. I don't think it was that Canadian. I don't remember him telling me that the first time. I don't remember, but that's okay. <laughs> well, didn't you learn to play before Rodney taught you? No, obviously. Oh, Rodney did teach you, so he's responsible for Red 7 for you, eh? Well, no, I mean, I had it before we went to BGGCon because you know a friend of ours oh, okay. recommended it, but... The first time I played it, I read the rules and I completely missed that one sentence about the number being the tiebreaker and then the color. Well, here's something I didn't realize in the rules. I didn't know that there is another variant of the game. So there's like three variants. And I know we played the second one. I can't remember what the first one was. But the third one was they said there's these little icons or symbols in the corner of the cards beside the number. On certain cards, yeah. I, I didn't even notice those on the cards, and, and there's another variant to play with those. Have you done that? No. Uh, shoot, we're still trying to make it through variant B, you know, you know where it says these variants or advanced rules, learn how to play the game. Well, my God, if you had written the rules better, yeah, I would have learned how to play, and I could have gone <laughs> on to these advanced rules. But that's just me, and it's nothing. I mean, Red 7, great game. Go pick it up, guys, if you have, and if you like that type of card game. Um, but how hard is it to – to make it a little bit clearer. I mean, you know, yeah, I'll admit it's not like a 20-page or 150-page RPG Warhammer, War Machine book, whatever you want to call army book. It's a four-page. Why couldn't you you do that? Because, you know, in today's, and you do this, you, you read an email, you read the first sentence. I sent you an email the other day. There was two questions in there, and you answered the first one. I wanted to reach across the <laughs> net and grab your freaking, th- you know, say, Marty, I asked you another question. <laughs> Because you answered it on your phone. I know that's what you did. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I never answered on the phone. I can't. I hate typing on the phone, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, but so that's, that's my rant for it. I mean, Red 7, I enjoy playing the game. Everybody likes it, but I'm just like, but Diamonds, clearly that was fast and quick. I have quickly got a hold of that one without having any issues. You know, mm. you know, and I think back to all that. I'm just curious how that, that other variant goes. So Yeah, I mean, it depends on the card. You play a card and you get to do another action. Maybe you get to discard or, you, or one of the actions, I think, if I remember correctly, is you get to remove somebody else's card. Oh, that's interesting. So if you play that card, then you can remove somebody's card. So then you become the winner as well. I think, and, but if I remember correctly, I don't think any of the high-ranking cards have those variants i'd have to pull out my set and look at them but so that puts more value on the violets and the purples and and the indigos and that kind of stuff so awesome pop violets purples yeah i don't roy g peeve no it's roy g biv golly so anyway anything else 
uh, actually, no, I just want to go ahead and get um, our special guest on tonight. Is he in the green room? He's in the green room. Okay. I hope uh, we contractually filled what he wanted. I mean, you know, they send out the uh, the contracts with the writers of what they want in their green room, whether it be like M&Ms with all the brown ones gone or, or you know, whatever, Perrier or something like that. So hopefully we got what he uh, uh, wanted. But yeah, we're excited to have Greg Spence on from the um, Broken Token to uh, come on with us and talk about uh, his company, which makes inserts uh, for board games. So you ready to go uh, talk to him? Put down your bottle, dude. He's over there. What are you <coughs> drinking, by the way? It's a di- caffeine-free Diet Coke, so I'm really geared up. And it went down wrong. Thank you for doing that to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like oh, he's over there. My eyes he's are over, watering. Thank you. He's over, he's over there throwing back a bottle. It's like, what are you doing? Oh. I'm trying to have a conversation over here, and he's over there drinking. And I'm listening to you, and you get me all choked up, and now I'm going to have to. Oh, man. So, yeah, while you go get Greg, and I, I promise I did not take any bites out of any of the moon piles in the green room. We have finally found Greg Spence from the Broken Token out of our green room. We, we enticed him out. We led a trail of moon pie crumbs into the studio, and he is joining us. And we have got a lot of questions to ask him about the Broken Token. If you've listened to us in the past, which I hope you have, you know that Marty and I really enjoy the inserts for the gaming industry. We're talking anywhere from, you know, custom-made um, meeples to, you know, inserts to the boxes that can survive the Marty um, Boogie shake test that he likes to do, even though, Greg, I did the one for um, Seven Wonders. Well, I sort of kind of did it. But anyway, um, so we, we invited Greg on. We ran into him at BGG Con, and we said, you know, Greg, we'd love to have you on the show and talk to us about how you got started and, and what, what, you know, what possessed you to take on this challenge because it's not as easy as it looks, people. Trust me, I've tried to make an insert, and it's one of those things. And so, Marty, uh, any thoughts on your side? Can we let the guests say a few words? I mean, are you just going to talk the whole time? Or are you going to constantly, you're always going to say that, aren't you? You tell me to kick it off, and then I kick it off. I do an incredible <laughs> intro. ramble and talk and, and talk keep going and on talk. and on and on. Hey, Greg, how's it going, man? Man, it's going good, guys. I, it was fun to run into you at BGG Con, and I wanted to say thanks for having me on your show. It's really cool. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, coming on, and thanks for working out the timing for us. We are. It seems like, Tony, we always get people on the opposite side of the coast from us to, to come on. So. Well, you know what that means? It just means you guys need to move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to no. happen. <laughs> come, out, come out to the West Coast over here. We got good weather. You got good weather. It just costs too much to live out there, man. Oh, God. Tell me about it. Yeah, I think I think my wife paid uh, two dollars and thirteen cents for gas today. How's yours? <laughs> it's a little bit higher, but I drive an electric car, so I couldn't tell you uh, what the gas price is. To be honest, uh, you do you do this utility guy good here. I, I hear you, an electric car. <laughs> yeah. So, Greg, first off, tell us a little bit about. What got you into going for game inserts? Well, let's see. Let's dig back. It was probably about, I think it was about a year ago. And I've always been into uh, making stuff and, you know, working with tools. And I've always enjoyed woodworking and that sort of thing. And uh, I really wanted to make my own custom box for uh, Agricola. So I just went out to my garage and I, you know, did it with just your typical tools. But I probably spent... I don't know, a good 40 hours on this thing, you know, lacquering it and staining it and really making this nice thing. I mean, a lot of people have done this on BGG and it's always really cool to see what people have done. And uh, I did this and, you know, 
lot of my friends at board game nights were like, man, that's so cool. I wish, you know, you guys, you could help me make me one. And I was like, man, I'd love to do it. Obviously people would buy something like this, but the amount of time it takes to custom build a box like that, there's no way you could price it where, you know, you could actually sell something. It's got to be like a labor of love. And then, you know, like, uh, I don't know, it was a couple months later, I was talking to some friends about a maker shop that we had here in San Diego called Maker Place. And they have access to all kinds of tools, every kind of tool you could think of, CNC machines, laser cutters. You could build an entire motorcycle at this place. I mean, they've got a plasma cutter for cutting steel. It's pretty amazing. And uh, I had all these little projects I wanted to do. So I ended up joining down there, learning how to use the laser cutters. And uh, sort of when I got familiar with that, kind of got the creative juices flowing where I, I realized, you know, there's so many things you can do. If you can draw it, you can think of it, then you can make it. And uh, all this just rapid prototyping tools that are out now really makes it possible to do some cool stuff, just if a person and an idea. So I kind of set out to making some game accessories, and the King of Tokyo insert was the first one that uh, I designed. And I really just did it for myself. I wasn't even thinking about making a product to sell. So I kind of knocked it out real fast, and it worked really good. And I gave some to some friends, and I posted pictures on Board Game Geek. And, you know, a lot of people were like, whoa, I want one of those. Can you make me one? So, um, it turned into me going back down to the maker shop and cutting some more out and, you know, posting them up for sale. And the reaction to them was just really, really good. So I thought, well, there's probably a market for this kind of thing. And I made a couple others and uh, started refining the designs. And it got to the point where I was having to drive downtown to go to this shop like a couple of times a week. And you're only allowed to check out the lasers in two-hour blocks. And I quickly outgrew the capacity of what I could do down at this place. So... um that's kind of how I got started. You know, the next step was really, well, if I'm going to continue doing this, I need to get my own equipment and need to grow it from there. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of the beginnings. And how long ago was that? That was really about a year ago, maybe, maybe a little over a year ago, actually, because we ran a Kickstarter in, yeah, we ran a Kickstarter in August uh, for the Case for Humanity, which was a box that I built to hold all of your cards against humanity cards. And, uh, you know, I wanted to buy my own piece of equipment back then. And I thought maybe I'll try Kickstarter and see uh, what I could do on there. A lot of people were having success with it. And I, I put up the, the idea for this box. I made the prototype. We shot a video. And I thought if I can earn four or $5,000 to go towards some equipment, I'll be happy. And we hit that like the first day. And uh, it just kind of went crazy. And before it was done, we ended with around $42,000 worth of bids. And we'd sold about 900 of those boxes. So then, wow. then it turned into kind of a big deal after that. Well, let's go. I want to go back to something you said right at the very beginning as you started talking. Did you say Agricola? Yeah, Agricola, Agricola. <laughs> if you, and I know that the actual you know pronunciation of the word uh, is it, like it's Latin, right? Like Agricola, Agricola. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know people say it a lot of different ways. So. Uh, 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 on this on this show, Agricola is fine. <laughs> I, I say it all the time. I say that to make the elitist really yeah. upset and just ticks them off. I got some some big Agricola fans. I go, can we play Agricola? It's like, stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. So so back to the so I understand the maker shop. I haven't found one here in Charlotte, and I inherited all, all my father's woodworking stuff. Hey Tony, yeah, Tony, yeah. Uh, there, there's one right down the street from me downtown. Is there? Yep. I did not know that. Really? Yep. The 3D printing machines, oh, yeah. all that stuff. Yep. Anyway, go from there. Okay, just derail that train. Because <laughs> now I'm starting to think, really? I need to go down there. So so you, you on the laser printer, now, 
I'm intrigued by this because this is really cool. So you just go in there with your design on a computer and, and it will just print it out for you, bring your own wood in or do, I mean, is that how that works? Yeah. I mean, at our maker place, uh, they require for certain machines that you take a class because they basically want to, they don't really teach you how to use it well. They teach you how to not destroy the machine and how to not kill yourself. And so you take a two hour class, which is basically an intro to how to use the laser cutter. And then they sort of set you free on it. And uh, I mean, I've always been kind of a technically minded person. And I'm a software engineer during the day. So I kind of take to those things pretty quickly. And when I sort of learned the basics, I just ran with it and uh, did you know a lot of research on them on my own time and, and uh, lots of trial and error to get to the point where we are today. I mean, we're always learning new things. Even a year later, we're making changes and going back and making changes to old designs to improve the quality. And uh, it's just a constant learning process, which is what I think makes our stuff pretty great. Right, and trying to find how to make it expanding and all this other so as because Lord, I mean, in the board game community, it wouldn't be a good game if there weren't like three or six, ten expansions. <laughs> yeah, there, you know? that's getting more and more common. You know, it's like the publishers are looking at the ways they can increase their revenue, and they realize don't just make a game and be done with it. You can you can milk it more for you know for you know if people if it's a popular game, then an expansion system designed for it is a way to you know, keep people interested in it. So that definitely is like the way to go nowadays for the, for those guys. Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, the, the fact that you can design inserts that incorporates the expansions of these games, I think that's the brilliance of it because I think a lot of us or the, the original boxes may not be able to hold the expansions in there, but you guys do a fantastic design of, uh, of taking the expansions from from existing games and fitting them all into the one box of the base game, so you ain't got to carry them around three. Yeah, boxes that was really you know one of the big design goals when we started was like how can we reduce storage space and we've got King of Tokyo and these expansions and there's plenty of room in the box, but you know nobody likes you know having to use a ton of baggies and rubber banding your cards together and and all that kind of stuff. But you know we we some of it is us using good judgment about what might come out. Some of it is we get some great help from the publishers. I mean, to name a few, like Stronghold Games has been great. They really helped us with information about Among the Stars and Core World so we could um, prepare for the future of those games. Sometimes we just don't know. I mean, like Seven Wonders, for example, that was probably our third insert that we made uh, almost a year ago. And at the time, we didn't know that Tower of Babel was coming out. They did tell us uh, a few months later, but even they didn't know the dimensions of the boards and all the pieces and all that. So even though we knew it was coming, we couldn't really plan for it until we actually got our copy. So yeah, it just kind of depends on the game. Speaking of which, I actually saw somebody the other day asking, does anybody know of a company that's going to make as some sort of insert that will hold Babel and other expansions? Are you looking to do that? Yeah, definitely. It was actually It's actually the top of our priority list, and I was hoping to have it done by now, but I failed to remember that I had to wait for all my games to get freighted back from BGGCon. And so uh, when I got back from the convention and I was like super stoked to start on it, I was like, well, wait, I don't have my games yet. So I had to wait like a week for those things to come in, and then we got into the Thanksgiving holiday and the craziness with Black Friday and all that. So we haven't had a chance to do it yet, but it's coming pretty soon. And I saw that picture of the... Um, I think that was the Black Friday of all the wood just sitting there, punched out for what you sold from Black Friday. Was oh, that, did, that wasn't that, even all of it. That was like, I don't know, did that 20% floor you? of it. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But did the, the order volume floor you? Were you expecting oh, yeah. that? 
I mean, you offer twenty percent sure. off. I mean, you offer twenty percent off. I took advantage of it, and I received my um, long box insert. And I tried to fill out the survey, so I'm going to gig you here, man, because that's <laughs> what I do. I went to the survey, and it says you got to buy this product in order to review it. I'm like, well, I did. You sent me the link. Huh? But, that's weird. I know. Hey, f- fix that software engineer boy. <laughs> we'll have to look into it. it it's, it's funny. I've, I have experience writing e-commerce software, and that's something I used to do before I moved out here. But when it came to setting up our website and concentrating on this business, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on software, and we ended up going with a, a package called Big Commerce. We've been pretty happy with it. But, yeah, we find little things like that occasionally. We have to – little challenges we have to look into. But, yeah, the, the response to the Black Friday sale was pretty insane. And uh, we did something like over 200 orders in that one 24-hour period. And we were already a little bit backed up. And then with the holiday uh, – weekend you know we have to give our employees some time off for thanksgiving so uh, we had a couple days there where we weren't in the shop doing production but the orders were still flying in so when we when we came back in after the holiday it was just it was a madhouse we're still playing catch up but we're only about two days behind on the shipping now and so um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel (laughs) yeah so you give your what country do you live in giving people off I know, man. It's crazy, isn't it? These employees, they want time off and they want like a paycheck and they want, you know, like a comfortable place to sit. What's up with these people? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that since you bring up the employees. How many people are employed at your company? Well, we actually have five right now and a sixth person starting tomorrow full-time. So I'm really happy about bringing, uh, bringing uh, Jim on as a, our latest, our sixth person. So, and, and we may be looking at adding a seventh very soon, too, just to keep up with uh, all the stuff that needs to get done. And what are these? Are these for specific roles, like designers, or are the people who just work the machines and assemble shipping? We've been filling out the team, so really, like employee number one is a friend of mine, Ashley, and she uh, she started helping me when this was still running out of my house and in my garage, and I was teaching her how to run the laser and how to uh, ship orders and package product, and so she can do everything that, that needs to be done. And uh, then we you know, hired uh, another guy named Kevin as like a full-time uh, warehouse production person, and then that turned into hiring uh, Nick, who is uh, kind of our first graphic designer. I'd been doing all of the graphic work myself, so every time we do a new product, I write, used to write the instruction manuals and do all the banner ads and all the product imagery. So I'd have 8 to 12 hours of work to do just to get a new product launched, and Nick has been able to take all of that stuff off of me, which has been great. And then as we ramped up production, we needed more warehouse work, and, and we, got, uh, we got Jason, and Jason makes custom guitars on the side, so he's a great good wo- uh, woodworker. And uh, like I said, we're just about to hire uh, Jim, and we have another guy named Lance, and they both uh, are going to do a lot of product packaging and uh, finishing of the material in the warehouse and that sort of thing. So we got a really good team that can pretty much do it all. So it's not like this, this is now your full-time job or do you have something else that you do? No, I still work full time <laughs> at another wow. job. So um, I, I I work for Sony Online Entertainment. Like I said, as a software engineer, I work on uh, computer games. So I love that. Um, it's it's definitely uh, one of the loves of my life. Like I really enjoy game programming. And uh, one of these days, maybe I'll turn Broken Token into my full time position. But for now, uh, 
having it not have to support me allows me really just to focus on growing the business, making sure that um, the employees have what they need, we have the machinery we need, and it's more hours for me to do both right now, but I'm more interested in seeing the business grow, and you know, in a year or two, then maybe it can it can become my full-time thing, but for now, it's putting the business first. So why did you mess up Star Wars Galaxy? Oh, Marty, I was, I, was, I was waiting for this. <laughs> oh, God, that's awesome. That's so funny. You know, actually, I wish I could take the blame for that. I wasn't even working at Sony when, uh, when that happened. But, uh, yeah, I was there when Star Wars Galaxies was up and running, but the, the NGE, as they call it, occurred before my time, oh, unfortunately. Okay. So what do you work on there? Just a little quick tangent. What kind of stuff are you working on there now? Right now, I'm currently on a zombie survival horror game called H1Z1, and I've been working on that for about six months now. Prior to that, I was working on EverQuest Next, and I was the lead programmer on EverQuest 2 for about um, five or six years. Uh, I I know some friends of our, Marty, that if they had just heard this, they would be flipping out on how much they loved (laughs) EverQuest, you know? (laughs) Me too. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm I'm working there. I was like a huge EverQuest addict, and being a programmer and that being my favorite game, it was like, man, I'd be like a, you know, dream, it'd be like a dream come true if I could get a job at Sony, so I pursued that, and that's how I ended up out here on the West Coast. Wow. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are really looking forward to EverQuest next, and I know some people went EverQuest Landmark, so... Yeah, that's a it's a good uh, it's a good group of people and it's a good game, and uh, they're doing some cool stuff over there for sure. I'm sorry for that tangent, but that that just it was like, hey, <laughs> you messed up Star Wars Galaxies. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you do. that was like Tony's and I our our first mo mmo that we ever. Yeah, played. Swig was a ga- great game. We were all sorry to see it go when it had to close yeah, down. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here listening to the loading screen in my head right now. <laughs> so. You mean the loading screen we sat there for an hour before because of the queue before we could oh, get man. in? But you know, even the, I mean, we 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 joke about it, but it was one of those games. Oh, we are so tangent now, but guys, get up. Um, <laughs> you can was, cut it later it was, if you want. Yeah, no, we're not cutting this. This is good stuff here because it was one of the favorites. I mean, there was just something about the economy in that game that no other game, in my opinion, had has ever produced again. Yeah. It was a great sandbox game. I mean, it really was. And that's what a lot of people miss about that. Yeah, the the economy, the fact that uh, I actually had my own gun dealer <laughs> where he would like, if you bring me bring me this sort of equipment or this this quality of stuff, I can make you a decent gun. I mean, just the way the, the trades and everything and the crafting worked in there was brilliant. And nobody has, has come close to even doing it since yeah, then. Yeah, I agree. I'd go out and stick a big, huge dinosaur thing with a needle to get its DNA, and I'd kill it. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it was a fun game. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, the old it days. It was amazing. Yeah, oh, reminiscent. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah, the broken token. <laughs> oh, board so, games. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> As we're talking about this, you know, we're not just an audio podcast. We're a visual, and you can uh, watch right along with us if you just go to thebrokentoken.com, <laughs> and you can see the inserts that uh, that we're going to be uh, talking about. Like right now, I'm staring at the Seven Wonders organizer, sitting there picturing, now, how in the world is he going to get Babel in there with those was a semicircle or a quarter circle pieces that are going to go in there. But yeah. um, I mean, you mentioned priority list earlier. So question, how do you, how do you prioritize the uh, new inserts that you're going to be working a on? A lot of it has, it's mainly two things. One is the demand from our customers and people that we talk to and, and people send us, 
a ton of emails every day saying, can you do something? Have you thought about making an intro for this game? Would you make something for Arkham Horror? You know, Cosmic Encounter. You know, we get a lot of emails, and we actually tally every one. We keep a list of every game that we want to do. It's our master priority list. And when people send us suggestions, we actually go in there and we rank them based on what people ask for. Then we also look at sources like Board Game Geek and see how popular a game is. And obviously the ones with the most popularity we want to hit for for several reasons. One, obviously, is the more we sell of it, the more successful that product will be. And if it's a popular game, it'll reach more people. And it's, it'll be more likely to be something that your average board gamer might own out there. So sometimes, you know, we get recommendations for a real off-the-wall old game that hasn't been printed in, you know, 25 years. And it's like, well, yeah, it might really need it, but you and one other person might buy it. <laughs> so that's kind of how we do it. So what is number one seller? Uh, number one seller. You know, let me see. I actually pulled the website up so I could answer some of these questions for you. Let me see. That, again, is thebrokentoken.com. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, yes, the seven wonders, you know. I'm curious while you're looking this up. So were you able to go out and watch me construct or try to deconstruct your seven wonders? I don't think I saw the follow-up to it. I saw the shake test. Oh, my gosh. But I don't think I saw an assembly video. Oh, good. Don't. <laughs> yeah, he, he messed, up. messed up. It was bad. funny. I messed up. So well, that's bad. good. We want to know that because we actually make changes based on when we observe somebody doing something and we're like, oh, we never thought about someone trying that way. Well, that's because he's it, an idiot and didn't read the instructions. <laughs> well, that happens too. And to be honest with you, that's why we're taking making a big change to the way our instructions are uh, done. If you look at the older ones like Seven Wonders, those instructions have a lot of words. I mean, they do have pictures, but they tell you connect A to B, connect B to C, and you kind of do have to read them. But what we realize is most people don't read them. And I'm the same way. I don't RTFM. Uh, I Google it if you know the <laughs> acronym. But, you know, yeah. I, I get together and I, when I put something together and I just start doing it. So everybody's kind of that way. So we decided these instructions need to be more like assembling a Lego kit. So all of our new ones are that way, and we think that they're much higher quality. So that's a good example of how we see how people use our products and try to make them a little bit better. You need the Akaya, uh, Akaya, wow, Akia instructions. No, yeah. see, that's what, but that's what I said in the video, that they're not Akia. They were actually... I know, I'm kidding. I know you were. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't, I don't need... Because I was putting together a piece of furniture for... Um, for for a Christmas present to get it ready to go. And I'm looking at it and they're uh, pullouts to where to attach the certain screws. They were pointing to the exact same spot. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Which one goes where? That's just ridiculous. Right. So I have the answer to that question. Um, oh. Right now, our bestseller over the last 30 days has been the uh, Caverna Organizer. I was trying to think of a weird mm. way to say it. So you guys could give me a hard time, but I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> So Caverna, yeah. oh yeah, that that makes it because there are a lot of bits and, and pieces in that game, and and that makes. I'm trying to I'm trying to find that one now. So so, that so Caverna, and then oh there it is, very nice. Oh yeah, because you got the nice pullout tray to hold all the 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 tokens. Oh, that is really I love I love the pullout trays and just being able to leave stuff in the trays, and then when you're yeah. done, just throw them back in trays and put it back in the box. Yeah, it really makes it so that you can spend more time playing the game and less time getting it out. Yep. Yeah, because setup is always key to a lot of these games. I can't. So, what game in your mind? Um, I mean, when you were you Lords of Waterdeep, go ahead, go ahead and say it. I mean, it has a pretty good insert. Yeah. But you went ahead and designed one. What was the thought process there? 
Yeah, that was one we always used to use as an example when we were talking about designing inserts. Before the expansion was released, we would always point to Lords of Waterdeep and say, this is a great insert. The The manufacturers really got it right. It holds everything. It's easy to get out and play, and we will never make an insert for Lords of Waterdeep. And then the expansion comes out, and we quickly find that when you have those those thermoformed or those vacuum-formed uh, inserts like that, when they're so specifically designed to hold a, spe- a certain bit that as soon as you throw new pieces into that, then it just goes out the window. And so it was great until Scoundrel's Skullport came out, and then there was really no way to hold everything in one box. Your choice was either carry two boxes around or ditch the plastic insert and just have everything shaken around in the box. And at that point, a bunch of people started asking us to make an insert for it, and we went ahead and designed one. And it's one of my favorite ones. It turned out really well in my my eyes. It looks very nice. Just out of curiosity, your priority list, where is Dead of Winter? It's actually up there pretty high. Um, In fact, that was when we were at Board Game Geek and we played it for the first time. Uh, After we played one game, we whipped out the laptop and immediately started to sit down and designing the organizer for it right then because it was all fresh on our minds. We really loved the game, and we were like, yeah, this needs one for setup. It doesn't necessarily need one for expansions because there aren't any, but getting that game out and getting ready to play takes a while. There's so many bits, and so it definitely needs it for that that reason. And so it's up there, I'd say probably like second or third on our list after getting Seven Wonders fixed and after getting – uh, a version of an organizer out that will work for King of New York and or King of Tokyo. We haven't quite decided if it's going to be one system that works for both or a separate organizer for King of New York, but those are the top of our list right now. Yeah, Dead of Winter needs one bad. It is all full. There's no place to put the cards. Yeah. There's no place to put the cards where they won't slide around. They got that one little narrow section. I don't know why in the world did it make it just a tad wider so the cards could slide in there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you got all the stand standees, you know, just lying all over the place. So yeah, uh, yeah I will be customer number one <laughs> when you release that bad boy. Awesome. I'll be buying that one. Yeah, well, you'll be number two because I'll be number one. It'll go in my game Dang box it. first. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were at BGGCon, did you, um, I mean, you were purchasing out a whole bunch of games to bring them back? Only not oh, for enjoyment, but... You don't even know. Like we actually, the the pallet that we sent back from BGG Con was bigger than the pallet that we sent there with product. <laughs> wow! So uh, I think the uh, the truck driver was was pretty pissed. I heard him over say as we were all packing up, he was like, "I didn't bring a big enough truck. There's more stuff going out of here than they told me." And it wasn't obviously all me, but my pallet was definitely bigger than what we came with. <laughs> And we had sold out of our product, so that was how many games we ended up buying while we were there. I was going to say, because you pretty well, I mean, you did that Sunday sale, and um, but you pretty well, you were empty. Yeah. Yeah, we pretty much oh, got rid of everything. Oh, that Sunday sale killed me, because I was like, there's a Sunday sale, and I went over there, it's like, oh, everything I wanted was gone. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a lot left on Sunday. I mean, we, really, we didn't want people to feel like they missed a good deal, but at the end of the show, you always have stragglers of this, that, and the other random bits laying around, and, and we didn't want to send them back, so we just offered a deal on what was left, but you couldn't wait. We actually ran out of BSG in six hours of the first day. So it started on Wednesday, and we only came with 16 Battlestar Galactica organizers, and they all sold in on Wednesday. And by Thursday, we had sold out of Among the Stars and a couple of other things. And by Friday, I think we had sold out of maybe four other, five other products, something like that. So the stuff was going pretty fast. So does the BSG hold all the expansions? 
Yeah, it actually holds everything. You can get it into one oh, box. That is, is that is brilliant because I don't know how, I can't remember how many expansions are for that there's game. There's three. Yeah. Yeah, we, and we have people that uh, that I play with, and and they'll bring over you know the base game and three other boxes, yeah. you know, with all the expansions and. Oh, that's 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 just brilliant. Yeah, that's that's one entire trip from your car just to carry the BSG boxes. If you're bringing all four with you, or if you throw them into empty boxes, you maybe can get them in a couple less. But yeah, we were shooting for two and hoping we could get everything into two boxes. And we started laying it out. It was like I think I can actually get this down to one. Uh, we did have to make a couple of design concessions. And we always like to leave things flexible where people can use whatever sleeves they want. But there was just really no way to get all the cards into one box if you had them in the really thick premium sleeves. So we said, well, this is just going to be up to the end user. If they want to use premium sleeves, it's probably going to be a two-box solution. But if your goal is to get it down to one box, then we would recommend that you use like the standard, like Mayday standard sleeves or something that's a little bit thinner um, to make that actually work. So sometimes there's a concession like that. Okay. So before... Well, we've been talking about inserts like that's the main focus of the company or something. But what about your what about all the other little things? I mean, you've got your dice dice rollers, dice tower, dice towers, yeah. and then you've got all the If only dice they were rollers. like, you know, a popular podcast or something with a name like that. The dice roller. It'd be amazing. <laughs> the dice roller. Was it Marty? Another name we screwed up on. Instead of rolling dice, we should have been the dice rollers. Oh, dang! It's too late. We're two years in. It's too late. Change the name already. Yeah, yeah, we're we're, but the 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 tokens and what else? I mean, acrylics. What what else do you? One of the first things we uh, came out with were the eclipse resource trays, and I I can't take credit for that initial design. I mean, that was something that um, had existed on the market before, but the guy that was selling them, he kind of fell off the face of the earth. We don't know what happened, but I know that uh, on BGG, a ton of people were asking for him and. And nobody was piping up. So we're like, well, we can make these things. So we started making Eclipse resource trays. And it went along well with our stuff because I loved Eclipse and used to play it a lot. And don't have the time for it much lately. But we already had the Eclipse organizer. So making trays for it was a perfect add-on. We like to do tokens that go with games we also have organizers um, uh, for. So like, you know, we did the energy tokens for King of Tokyo that are shaped like little lightning bolts that replace the green cubes. And um, we partnered with Danny Perello on the D&D If you guys, um, you know, spend a lot of time on BGG, on Board Game Geek, uh, and you're in the Lords of Waterdeep forums, you've probably seen his wooden D&D And they're really great. His design was awesome. And anytime we can work with people like that versus competing with them, we love to do it. So we contacted Danny and said, man, we love your design. We want to help. Uh, what can we do? Can we manufacture these for you? And we came up with an agreement, and we're doing the acrylic versions of his designs. And uh, so then he can start focusing on designing other products. So, yeah, we've kind of been branching out into tokens when it makes sense um, and stuff that are, you know, you know, I love coups. So I was like, I want to do some ISK tokens. And we did the tokens of affection for uh, Love Letter. So we'll continue to come out with more stuff like that. And we also have the dice towers. And we also do some storage solutions, like the Case for Humanity that I mentioned that we did the Kickstarter for. And um, we have a licensed a, a licensed product from Rio Grande, a Dominion uh, case that holds everything up through guilds in a single case. And uh, we're working with a couple other publishers, com- publishing companies to do some uh, licensed products for other games as well. In fact, uh, I, I can go ahead and announce this now because it's official. Hold on, uh, hold on, actually- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hey guys, we've got 
what is it called, Marty? When someone does this, we got a scoop. an exclusive. An exclusive, Marty. We got an exclusive. I, just, I think it comes. There it comes. All right, we got so here's the exclusive. Um, we we will be making available on our website uh, a custom engraved. Uh, storage solution for Thunderstone Advance, and it'll be an officially licensed product from AEG. So it's going to be really nice. So look for that very soon. Oh, that's nice. That's I cannot wait. I can't wait to see how that looks. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of cards in that game. It really needs another storage solution, and uh, it our, it's going to be very similar to the Dominion case. But we have a really great Thunderstone logo that'll be engraved on the top. It'll be a nice way to carry all of your cards around. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm actually looking at your tokens and accessory pages, and I love the little uh, the Pathfinder Adventure card game, little oh, acrylic location stands. That's a yeah. cute little idea. Those things have been a little bit of a thorn in my side, unfortunately. Oh, they were they were a great idea, and we, we designed them. They looked great. They actually worked great. But when we got them out there in the public, we had uh, a few customers reporting that as they were assembling them, they were having some problems with some of those uh, very thin, narrow pieces breaking on them. So, I mean, our policy is to immediately replace that stuff. So we shipped replacements to anybody who was having an issue. But when it started happening like four or five times, I got really concerned that it wasn't just a, 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 a one-time issue. It was like a design flaw. So we pulled them down off the site until we can look at them. We left them up there because we're kind of gauging uh, you know, how much how much people ask for them as to where it would be on the priority. But uh, we need to return to the design on that, fix it up a little bit. I don't feel good about having anything out there if there's a known issue. And like I said, we did all the replacements, but we went ahead and took them down for now until we could fix that. But I do love the design. Yeah, no, that well, that's great. I mean, that that's great to hear that instead of uh, just trying to make money and just, you know, you, you care about your reputation, everything. I want to make sure that you have good product out there. And that's that's what people want to hear. So that's, that's really good. Yeah. So, so now you deal... Um, I guess not. I guess you deal more in wood than in, in acrylics. But do you see uh, doing even potentially? I mean, do you ever see using acrylics as as part of your inserts? It's possible. We did. Um, we did do sort of a trial run as, uh, for like acrylic divider options. For uh, we did it for our smash up organizer. Acrylic looks really nice. It's also um, a little more expensive than wood, um, but it does have a nice feel to it. And so we wanted to see if people would be interested in like dividers being made out of acrylic. They could potentially scratch over time and, you know, get fingerprints on them and that sort of thing. But we wanted to see how it went. So we did a acrylic divider option for smash up and, and they moved some, but not near as much as the wood. I, I feel like when it comes to these kinds of accessories, while I feel like they're a good value, I think that a lot of customers out there are still looking for the lowest price point possible, and people would tend to go with the wood because it was cheaper. So uh, I don't know that we'll do that again unless we f- start feeling that there's a big demand for it. But I'm always looking for ways we can make the product better, but also trying to keep the price point in mind as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can understand that, especially, I mean, you've already invested $50 in a game. You yeah. Add a little bit onto it where the inserts, but if it's a game you, I mean, to me, I think the key, and Marty, you've already brought this up, is the ability to do a quick setup on a game that you love. You know, that adds a lot to it. Yeah, and looking at your, if anybody hasn't looked at the prices, the most expensive thing out there, there's a few that are twenty six ninety nine, uh, several that are like you know twenty four, twenty three, and then you've got a few like the Ascension, um, Seven Wonders, all at nineteen ninety nine, which I think is good price points because, like Tony said, you know, if you're gonna spend forty fifty bucks on a game, there, there's this, there's a 
there's some point where it's going to be a little bit of a pain point to where why do I want to spend more than half of what I pay for this game just for an insert? Yeah, I mean, for sure, we understand that. And we hear people's feedback on every end of the spectrum. We get the people that say, you know, I I would never buy one of these because they're way too expensive. They're half the price of the game. And then we get other people that are like, you know, just on the other opposite. And, uh, you know, they, they're like, the value's great. These are these are cheap. It seems like they should be more expensive. <laughs> but, you know, people people in the middle sort of seem to be where the majority of the uh, opinion is. And I feel like we're sort of at the right point uh, as far as the MSRP goes. Um, we are also uh, in a lot of retail stores and we're working on uh, our first distribution deal. And in order to be in that kind of uh, distribution chain, your product has to be able to support the margins that your retailers and your distributors can make money as well. I mean, it's the way board games are too, you know. So if you want to be in retail stores and you want to get out there in front of a lot of uh, faces, then you have to be able to have margins that support the other people that are that are making your product happen. So we also, you know, I think that's where the big difference is between us and maybe some other guys starting out doing similar things. They look at what just the plain margin is for them and what they can sell them for. But if you want to make it a sustainable business and you want it to be successful, you have to think about all of those other points as well. So, yeah. so where did this software engineer get all this business sense? <laughs> uh, the interwebs. No, I don't know. I, you know, it's one of those things you like. You learn as you go, and you make mistakes, and you you get answers, and you talk to people that are smarter than you, and try to figure all that out. So, are you glad you started this company? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I love what I'm doing at Sony, but working for yourself and having you know your own business that you can take pride in is the you know the best reward you can have out there. It really is. Yeah. Like hearing the feed, the positive feedback from people. It really makes you feel good. And hearing the negative feedback makes me just want to try harder. So it really is a great feeling. I'm happy we did it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a that's such a great attitude, you know, to have. Go ahead. Yeah, Tom. no, I was going to jump back because only I can do, Marty. <laughs> I'm going to jump back to the acrylic. You don't get the smell of the wood. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. A lot of people comment on the smell. And uh, I guess, you know, being in that warehouse so much and having just nothing but that smell, I'm really – tired of going home smelling like that but it's funny when i see people they take it out of the package and they sniff it and they're like oh yeah it smells like a campfire yeah well i mean you, you look at our chit chat ladies i mean uh rihanna did her video rihanna i did i didn't say rihanna you did it, did again. it again oh she's gonna oh, kill me oh my gosh, she's gonna kill me rihanna 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 you know in her video she's putting it together and you can just she goes she smells and she flashes those eyes and it's just you know it's one of the favorite things I'm done. I'm trying to remove the foot from my mouth because she's going to kill me. <laughs> so, uh, what what do we got looking uh, forward to going into 2015? We're at the end of 2014. You got any uh, plans you can share with us? Maybe as far as uh, new lines you want to come out with, uh, cons you're going to go to. What what you got coming? Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of big stuff coming for the Broken Token, so I'm super excited. We really we ramped up the con schedule in 2014. It's pretty amazing the number of cons we did, considering we just started, uh, you know, in early 2014, basically. 
Um, but we were lucky enough to get into BGGCon even after it sold out. There was a cancellation we got in, so we were really lucky. But we didn't make a lot of the big shows. So for 2015, we're going to be at a lot of industry trade shows like Gamma. Uh, we're going to be at Origins, at Gen Con, at BGGCon again. We're doing a bunch of the local shows. Like if you're on the West Coast, you probably know Strategicon. It's a three-time-a-year show in Los Angeles, and we love that show. And our local show, Kingdom Con, here in uh, San Diego. And there's other ones we want to get to. Like we thought about trying to hit um, Dice Tower Con down in Florida last year, but we couldn't make it. So maybe this year we can get out there. And uh, um, Brian Lenz, who runs uh, uh, Grand Con up in Grand Rapids, we'd, we'd love to go out there and do that. So we have a pretty busy schedule ahead of us as far as conventions go. And uh, let's see, in terms of products, uh, a lot more organizers. Having the help that we have now with the team that we've built, I can focus more on design. I've got some other people that are now beginning to work on design with me. So we're going to try to bring out more products as long as we can uh, keep our production up to meet the demand. That's been the biggest issue lately is that we've actually been for the first time at the point where we've had designs done and ready for release, but we couldn't let them out there because we didn't have the production bandwidth to keep up. And we've gone from one laser to four lasers now, and we're putting two more on order. And I think by the end of 2015, we might be running 10 machines. And so we're really ramping up. And uh, we're also, like I said, getting into distribution. So you should start seeing us in a lot more retail stores around the country. And uh, yeah, that's, I think that's about it. But a lot of big things happening for sure. Do you do anything for like our local game store if they wanted to do a mass order? Is is the, do they just contact the sales department and, and? Yeah, right now we do have a retailer program in place where we can work directly with the retailers, and we have about twenty eight retailers already, and uh, a good number of those are actually in other countries. We've got some great retailers in France, New Zealand, uh, several in Canada, one in Korea, and so we're happy to work with retailers directly, but. Um, in, in the not too distant future, retailers might be able to get our products through their um, distributor as well. But in the meantime, if they want, they can contact us and get the stuff in their local game store. So, uh, so now that I guess as, you, as you're growing, what's really cool is, and I guess maybe you're starting to see this, is that um, as you get more recognized, the gaming publishers, like you said, you have a good relationship with some of them that maybe before a game comes out, you know, they'll approach you and say, hey, by the way, here's kind of what we think this is going to be. And if you want to go ahead and start working on an insert, I mean, a, any idea of maybe doing, you know, like exclusives of like, hey, if you if you bring us game XYZ right before, it, you know, it comes out, we'll make sure to have an insert ready to go by the time it hits. Yeah, there have been discussions like that with quite a few publishers. Um, there are publishers that want to also distribute our products for their games. And so there's some pretty exciting stuff in the works. I, nothing that I can specifically mention right now because those deals are still sort of in progress. But we're making lots of connections. And um, there's some pretty amazing things coming, I think, in terms of us working with the publishers. Like, we love that. We really want to work hand-in-hand -hand with those guys. We think that... Our products help encourage the games, and obviously their games are the reason why our products sell. And we want to you know, honor that relationship and work closely with them. So we're really trying to build a good rapport with the game publishers out there. And uh, so far, that's been going pretty well. Unreal. That's amazing. All right. So stepping aside a little bit, what's your favorite board game? Hmm. My favorite board game. That's always a tough one. Why do you? It's a tough one. No, but you know what? I can answer that. So my my favorite probably changes. Like 
I would I would classify my favorite as what do I want to play right now? And for me, that would be Dead of Winter. It's a new game. I've only played it three times. And if I had a bunch of friends sitting here right now, that's the game I would pull out because I want to play it again. But it's really hard to say, uh, you know, a, a, my favorite because there's a ton out there that I love. Uh, I always want to sit down and play Seasons. I love King of Tokyo. Um, I haven't played Castles of Mad King Ludwig yet, but I'm ready to get that thing out and, and learn it. Uh, B- BSG is one of our friends. That, that's the other thing, too. It depends on who you play with, right? Like certain groups of people you want to play certain games with. And I have a group of friends that when we're together, BSG is the drinking game to go to. And we just start airlocking people. <laughs> <laughs> so it really just depends. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned Castles of uh, Mad King Ludwig in our previous segment. I just mentioned that because I got to play it for the first time a couple nights ago and really enjoyed it. it i really enjoyed it i thought that was a uh, it's a game that's really easy to learn which mm-hmm. i really appreciate but it's one of those uh, nice little euro games where you can start working out combos and get a little engine going to mm-hmm. uh to have that it's, it's there's some point salad to it but uh, with the whole concept of trying to build the castles and stuff it's kind of neat to see your castle grow on your table as you play so i think you'll like that one. yeah yeah that's cool i can't wait to try it as far as like you know all-time favorite games i'd say seven wonders probably one of my all-time favorites i love i mean i was a hardcore magic player for a long time so i just love any game with the drafting mechanic i love to play sushi mm-hmm. go as a really lightweight drafting game but seven wonders has always been one of my favorites too yeah okay well tony uh so he made an exclusive announcement uh, a little while ago. Do you want to announce our exclusive exclusive? Our ex- yeah, yes, it is. A- announcement. Do I want? No, no. You started this podcast. You, sir, deserve the right to announce this. Not me. This is you. This is all. The, the, you, you sat like I said before. You said you want to come do this. I said yeah. You've driven our audience. You've gotten us to where we are to now. I think you deserve the the kudos for this, sir. See, uh, yeah, whatever. He he tries to act like he has no part of this show, but it's like whatever. He's like the the force behind this thing. So anyway, so we are so proud to announce that starting, I guess now or, or next episode. Good job there, Maria. As, as soon as the check doesn't bounce, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, no. And, no, um, yeah, and, and when the shirts arrive in the mail, yeah. <laughs> Um, the Broken Token is now going to be an official sponsor of Rolling Dice and Taking woo, Names, woo. and we, yay, woo. we're excited. We are so <laughs> excited because Tony and I have talked about uh, sponsorships before, and he and I are very particular on who we want to work with, and we want to make sure that um, we worked with somebody that took as much pride in their work as what. I mean, sound, I know it sounds like we don't take a lot of pride in this show, but we do. Um, that, uh, that works just as hard as what uh, we do to try to make this a good show, and that uh, they work as hard just what they do and whatever they're doing. And and Greg and his company is that. Just like you heard earlier, he he's about customer satisfaction, uh, making people happy. If something doesn't work, he'll he'll take care of you. So it's one of those things we started talking a little bit over email. Then we started uh, talking even more at BGG Con and uh, came back and discussed more afterwards. And um, we've now agreed to officially uh, start working with each other. And I, I am I am so excited. And you're probably saying, well, what does that mean? Is that just means is it going to be tons of broken token commercials through the entire episode? No. <laughs> no what God, it is, no. is there, there's going to be multiple benefits here. So let, let me kind of go through. Uh, what some of those are. So, for example, 
uh, we're going to have, uh, like you said, uh, like I said, Broken Token is official sponsor of the show. So we'll have segments on the show that uh, announce Broken Token. Uh, we're going to be in constant contact with them for new products that are coming out so we can share with you guys what's what's coming out and, and uh, what's going on there. In addition, every so often, we'll have um, some sales through our show. If you listen to our show, there'll be some sort of promotion code that you can use to get some sort of discount. We'll be doing various sorts of those throughout the year. In addition, uh, Greg and his company is going to be uh, every so often uh, 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 using some of their product as, as prize giveaways. So we're going to have contests. Let's say there's a new insert maybe for Dead of Winter and uh, Broken Token will, will give away some Broken Tokens um, inserts through our show through contests that we're going to have. And in addition on our site, we're going to have links back to them. They're going to have links to us. So see, it's kind of, it's kind of we hope it benefits everybody. Uh, it's going to help our show. We hope to help out the broken token, but we also want to do something for the listeners. And that is the part of giving promotional, uh, codes to help with sales at uh, various points during the year and also as a prize giveaway. So did I, did I capture everything there? Uh, The other thing was that, um, Greg is also, you know, with our listeners send in an RDTN and say, this is what they want. They move to the top of the priority list. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. No. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. No, we're kidding. We're, we're kidding. kidding with that. Well, I wanted to say thanks for the kind words, first of all, and we are super excited to be working with you guys and sponsoring your show, and you did hit the nail on the head. I mean, our hopes are, you know, this is not going to be a bunch of commercials. We're not going to want people to be sick of hearing about us, but what we want to do is contribute some things for prizes and some special promotions for you guys so that your listeners can get be some of the first people to get these new organizers when, when we have them ready. So I think it's going to be really great partnership and i'm really looking forward to it yeah and i am too and it's one of those things that you'd mentioned you're going to be at like origins and gen con and tony and i had been talking about what's our con schedule for next year and that and and gen con and bgg is obviously at the top of the list so we'll get to hang out with each other at the conventions and maybe we can do um stuff there so we're looking forward to that i i am so excited about this and and tony and i were just giddy after bgg con because me too uh, like uh, like i said greg you are the type of company that we want to work with. Well, thank you. One thing I love about uh, about the insert thing is is they last forever. Somebody may buy a game and play it a couple times and then and then never use it again. But for things like your acrylic tokens or your your basic organizers and your dice tower, those last forever. And it's not like one of those things to where we're all, you know, if it was a, a game company, it's not like, okay, here's their latest game. Okay, now here's their latest game. Here's that latest game. It's one of those things. It's like, hey, you know that game that you've been playing for a while? Hey, here's a great insert. You know, so it just it's and, and Tony and I have been passionate about inserts for quite a long time. It seems like one of the kick. We're always talking about kickstarters, mm-hmm. where like like these little accessories and and um, things like that that we're always get excited about. Like we had this big one, metal coins that Tony lost his metal oh, coins. He can't find. Did, you saw the new ones that came out with better. the crescent coins and everything for Lords of Waterdeep. Did you see those on yeah, a Kickstarter? I saw those. I, I backed those. Those are, those are beautiful. Yeah, they're, they're really nice. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, accessories for games are great. When you have a game that you love to play, why would you not want to upgrade it and make it more fun? And that's, that's what we're all about. And, you know, we're gamers at heart and that's why we got into this and we make stuff that we love. And so that's why we hope other people love it too. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to be working with you guys and appreciate you having me on for sure. And we look forward and we hope we get other people from your company on that could just, you know, occasionally sit in and, and tell us about, cause I, I don't think people realize what it goes into doing some of this at times. I know I don't. 
So yeah. it's just amazing. Especially the design the process design, yeah. and how do you design to use a CAD program and what's the whole process of going through the design and using your laser printers and some of the pitfalls and, and that sort of thing. I think that would be really interesting to hear too. And that's another thing we talked about every so often, we're going to have some people from their company or Greg himself come back on and just kind of give an update on how things are going and then maybe get into more some of the technical questions of working with wood and acrylics and stuff that uh, uh, somebody might be interested in. And obviously, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask you know, for us to ask uh, Greg when he's on, go to our guild and let us know. And we'll, we'll definitely bring them up when, next time we have them on. I'm definitely interested. I was just going to say, we, we love to see when people are doing their own thing. I mean, we certainly encourage the creativity and like a lot of people make awesome stuff out of foam core and like, you know, Rob Searing does a insert here and he makes uh, similar inserts to us, but he does them all out of foam core. The guy's great. You know, they're all handmade. Everything you get from him is going to be pre-assembled and we love the stuff that he does. And there's, you know, lots of really cool um, different solutions out there. And I can give a shout out to game trays. They were at BGG con. They do the vac, uh, the vacuum molded inserts and they have a different way of tackling um, the same kind of problem. So I, I think it's really cool when people, you know, find different ways to do things and whether it's someone taking out an exacto knife and a sheet of foam corn doing it themselves or buying one of our inserts. I mean, we definitely encourage people to be creative and, and come up with cool accessories for games because it's just, it's neat all around to see what people do. Well, before we let you go, we have our new game that we like to play with uh, guests. <laughs> this game is called Rank Them. What we're going to do is we're going to give you three items, and you rank them in however way you want to. We're not going to tell you what criteria to rank them on. <laughs> we're just going to give you three words, and you rank them in your choice. So I have a list of okay. three. Tony, do you have three? Of course. Okay. I will start. Here we go. Oak, cherry, or cedar? I now have two. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, oak, cedar, cherry. Oak, cedar, cherry. Okay. Any reason why? Um, well, I like woods like cherry. I'm not a big fan of oak. Um, I, oak reminds me of like old living room furniture because I'm sitting at an oak table right now. It's probably like 30 years old. No, I, but yeah, I like a lot of the nice hardwoods, mahogany, cherry, stuff like that. Cool. Tony? Uh, oak, cedar, cherry. <laughs> that sounds familiar. And mine is um, cedar, oak, cherry, because I like the smell of cedar. Oh, yes. I think it's a good smell. Yeah, but it's just it's it can be overpowering, so... Definitely not. You, you, it's it's got its special uses. That's for sure. You okay. know. Mm-hmm. All right. Mothballs. Mothballs. There you go. All right. Um, <laughs> along with the theme, Dewalt, Craftsman, or Snap-on. And, uh, oh, hmm, interesting. Um, I would have to say, Craftsman, Snap-on, Dewalt. Oh. I might not even be listing them in the same order. I, I'm going no, you, you, you least favorite it. to favorite. So, <laughs> say it's, what? It, Are you going least favorite to favorite? Yeah. Oh, okay. So say that again, then. Okay, then I'm going to switch my direction. I'll start with number one and go down. Okay. Uh, so, Dewalt, Snap On, and Craftsman. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mine's Dewalt, probably Craftsman, and Snap On. Okay. 
Same for me, DeWalt Craftsman, Snap-on. Because I, I can't find Snap-on around here. Can't find that's the truck. The, that's the same with me, and I, ha- I don't have much experience with them, but I know they've got good reputations. So that's oh. why they're in the middle for me. But I have a lot of DeWalt tools, and I like them. Yep. All right, here we go. Um, with a movie that's getting ready to come out in a week, Elves, Dwarves, or Hobbits? <laughs> um, elves. Dwarves and hobbits in that order. That order, okay. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> I would have to go with hobbitses, dwarves, and elves. Interesting. Hobbit number one, huh? Mm-hmm. Any reason why they eat all the time? <laughs> okay, you got, hair, you got hairy feet. I mean, they got the kind of life I want to leave. I lead. I mean, you you eat all the time. You worried about your breakfasts. You. You keep your house clean. You you have great parties. Smoke pipe weed. Right? And there you go. And you live and you live um in a hole in the ground. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I went elves, dwarves, uh, hobbits also, just cause elves are cool. Yeah, I, I like close. You know, like close. I'm like an old school D and D guy too, so I always played elves in any of the uh Dungeons and Dragons role playing games I did or MMOs and so yeah. And hobbits weren't that common and MMOs and that sort of thing, really. So, next one is Neverwinter Nights, Left for Dead, Team Fortress. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really oh, good one. Geez. Hmm. Oh, jeez. I'll repeat yeah. for the <laughs> audience listening in so that they can be forming up their opinion. Neverwinter Nights, Left for Dead, Team Fortress. It's interesting you did two Valve games and one non-Valve. I, I almost took Neverwinter Nights out and went with oh. Portal. Mm-hmm. But I, I, because of his EverQuest, I, I had to go old yeah, school. I'm going to say uh, Team Fortress, Left for Dead, and Neverwinter Nights. And I'm probably going to be crucified by, by other video gamers because <laughs> Neverwinter Nights should be way higher on my list. But for whatever reason, I did not play a lot of Neverwinter Nights. And I know I would have loved it had I played it, but I can't remember what I was doing at the time. I was probably sucked into EverQuest, so I didn't do a lot with it. But uh, I love shooters. I love Team Fortress. I love um, Call of Duty, Battlefield, Super Monday Night Combat. I love first-person shooters. So, yeah, definitely Team Fortress is up there. And Left 4 Dead was a great game as well. I'm going to go Left 4 Dead. Team Fortress and then Neverwinter Nights. I did play some Neverwinter Nights um, early on. I don't know. Sometimes it got tedious to me, but the experience of Left for Dead, I just really liked the whole co-op thing. the The atmosphere was good. So uh, Left for Dead just gave me gave me a lot of good experience. Yeah, uh, Left for Dead, Neverwinter Nights, Team Fortress because I stink at first person shooters. <laughs> I did enjoy Gears of War, but uh, oh, yeah. I just Tim. That's team, a third person. Third person. That's right. You're right. That's probably why I enjoyed it more than Team Fortress. Um, but like you, Mark, Left for Dead, we would play that, and and then you stop playing, go to bed. Didn't give me horrors, but I could just re. You know, the, the adrenaline rush was just yeah. always yeah. intense for Left for Dead. I love. It. Have you guys played The Last of Us? I am playing it right now. Oh yeah, it's a good game. I haven't played through it all yet myself either, but I'm playing it right now. I picked it up for the PS4, and everybody said you must play yep. this game. So um, I'm I've been I've been enjoying it so far. All right, here's my last one: Elf, Christmas Story, or Die Hard. Hmm. Hmm. I'm Elf, gonna go Christmas Story, Die Hard. 
Well, that's a really hard one. Um, I got to go Christmas Story, Elf, Die Hard. Okay. Uh, for me, Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I, neither of the other two, but if I have to, <laughs> Christmas Story, then Elf. Yeah, I made this and it was tough for me too. Um, God, it really depends on the mood I'm in. Yeah. Oh, they're all equal to me because it really depends on the mood I'm in. I will say, I will say, Christmas Story, Elf, Die Hard, but Die Hard's such a it's one of those things that we have uh, regular family movies every year, Christmas Christmas yeah. family movies. And uh, this year, my son, my middle son, who's 14, said, "Um, we need to add Die Hard to that rotation." You know, I was sitting there thinking, "For it sure, is a Christmas movie. Die Hard's <laughs> a Christmas movie. It is it totally is." And and I hated to uh, rank it last because I love Die Hard, but. Christmas story is definitely like a, tra- a tradition that we watch it every year. And as I've got twins that are three and now they're getting old enough where they can pay attention to movies. And it's just kind of that ongoing tradition more so than any of the other two movies. But Elf is great, man. I love Will Ferrell. Every time that movie is on, no matter what I'm doing, I end up stopping yep. and watching it because it is so freaking funny. But Die Hard's still great. So yeah, that was a very hard one. Yeah, and uh, with the, for us, for Christmas uh, Christmas Story, we actually, uh, we always go to my parents on Christmas Day. On the way home, we stop and get Chinese food. Oh, just, yeah. Just because now, of like, a Christmas you, if, Story. If you had included in their Christmas vacation, that would have been my number one. Because we, without a doubt, we watch Christmas vacation every year as we're putting up the tree. You cannot go wrong with that movie. (laughs) Yep, that's that's a good one, too. All right, and so the last one for me, get us out of the season here. And actually, this is for my own um, education. Um, Gorilla Glue, Tight Bond, or Loctite? (laughs) Hey, this is a fellow woodworker to another woodworker. It's funny. Yeah. Um, I got to go tight bond first. Yeah. And then uh, Loctite and then Gorilla Glue. I just, you know, I know Gorilla Glue's got a formula that doesn't expand, but I I haven't tried it out yet. And no matter, every time I try to use Gorilla Glue, I always make such a mess with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Marty. Oh. Loctite, what was Loctite? What in Gorilla Glue? Oh, yeah, tight bond. Uh, gorilla Glue. Yeah, Loctite, tight, tight bond. bond. Uh, Loctite, tight bond, Gorilla Glue. I can't say that. <laughs> what time is it here? Eleven fifty. Okay, that's why. Um, and then for me, it'd be tight bond, Loctite, Gorilla Glue. I'm with you. The, the expanding Gorilla Glue. I haven't tried the non-expanding. I just I make a mess with Gorilla Glue. Yeah, the it's supposed to hold really good, but it, it always. I never can judge how much it's going to expand. It always oozes out and makes a mess. It's kind of like that spray foam that you can put yeah. in your house for yeah. insulation. It's the same thing. Spray it. Next thing you got this huge mess everywhere. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we appreciate you playing. Yes, we do. And what we're going to do for everybody that uh, is listening, we will also post a thread of this on our BGG Guild where you can uh, come back with your responses, which ends up being one of our more popular threads every time we do this. Because I think a lot of people just like playing this little game. So. Uh, you will see that out as soon as this episode is up and you can come and respond with your choices for each of those. So Greg, we just want to thank you so much for, for taking time out and uh, coming on uh, with us tonight. We're excited to be working with you. This is the very beginning of what we hope is going to be a long, wonderful, great professional relationship and great friendship. And, and thank you again so much for all that you've done for us so far. Oh man, for sure. It's been my pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on and I'm looking forward to the future as well. 
Donnie? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here still reading over my notes from Rankum. I'm like, oh, I should have asked that. that. (laughs) Greg, thank you so much. And once again, um, look forward to it. And hopefully, you know, we'll be getting our stuff priority now. (laughs) We'll see what we can do. I hear you. Oh, well, it's getting late here on our side. So um, with that, um, we'll be um, hopefully you'll hear more stuff later, guys. So keep paying attention to our podcast here for more announcements from the Broken Token and the products that they have coming out. And anything else going on right before Christmas, Greg? Because this will come out next week. You got anything else for our listeners? Well, we're just trying to wrap up on orders and uh, get everything out as quickly as we can because we know um, a lot of people are buying gifts for their friends. So we're doing our best to get caught up. And then some of us are going out of town for the holidays as well. And we're looking forward to all the stuff that uh, 2015 is going to bring. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks again so much for your time, man. Thank you. So there we go. Greg Spence from The Broken Token and is now going to be an official sponsor of the show. And seriously, I, was, I wasn't I was saying that just to blow sunshine up his butt when he was on. I, I really am excited about this, Tony. I think they got a great company and I love their products and I can't see where they go. Oh, yeah. I'm with you, Marty. I mean, he, real friendly guys took a lot of time to talk to us. And, you know, even, you know, I've ordered product from there. I know a lot of people have and they, they all love that product. So this is a good match. It gives us the ability more than anything. Like someone asked me on the um, BGG forum, what do I look for in a sponsorship company? And it's one that's going to give back to the listeners. And Greg will definitely do that through our contest and offering us the capability of definitely, you know, put together some ideas for him. I mean, you heard him. He's open to ideas on what he needs to do next. We wanted to make sure that we benefited everybody that listened to this show. And that's why uh, giving back to the audience was one of our prime. What am I looking for? Uh, one of the, the, the priorities. Yeah, there you go. The it's, it's midnight. It's, it's midnight. I'm starting to lose it. Uh, that, uh, that we were looking for, and he's going to give that to us. Wow. Two years, man. Can you believe it? It only took two years to get a sponsor, man. We must be doing, <laughs> wait a minute. That didn't sound right. Did it? <laughs> No, it didn't. <laughs> but it, no. Was, it wasn't a priority for the show. It was never a it's priority. Not. And it was all about, you, like you, two guys with mics who get a chance to sit down and talk about board gaming. And I'm just hoping for the next you know year that I will be able to get more of it in. I mean, it's amazing just where time goes. You've done really good for the past two years. And it's funny, every year it's like, if you know, I guess we're going to do this again next year. Are you going to stop asking that now or, or no? No, no, we're we're in for it, and I've I've got twenty six more song titles I've got to come up with. I know that. All <laughs> oh, for twenty fifteen. Yes, in fact, I saw that you've already started um, taking notes and creating the twenty fifteen uh, uh, spreadsheet for our show and coming up with episode ideas. And you got some good ideas out there. Yeah, I think I've already got the first three months planned, so we're ready to oh, go. Do you really? Yeah, we're ready to go. Let's do this. We just got to get some names, and we need to just get our topics and see what's going to happen. Who? Kn- Hey, let's face it, 2014, great. I mean, it's like we're doing our New Year's show, but our, our second year, it's been a lot of fun, fun, Marty. I appreciate you asking me to do this, and I, I look forward to year number three. Yeah, I know, and it's, it's amazing. When you look back over the year, uh, one of the cool things about this is being able to talk to so many wonderful people, and, and we've been able to do that, and we've been able to get them on the show, a lot of great 
uh, publishers and other personalities, and it's, it's just been so much fun. And I do uh, want to thank you for being there uh, with me, Tony. I came to you, and it's like, okay, I'll appease Marty and do a little show. It's like, holy crap, what are you getting me into? But I really couldn't do this show without you, and I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. And I've had a wonderful two years, and I look forward to more. Uh, same here, man. And I won't let Vanessa hear this. <laughs> Hand me a tissue. Let's bro hug over the Google chat. Yeah, let's not and say we did. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for listening to two years. Don't forget, we still have the survey out there till December 21st. And as always, keep rolling dice. And taking names. You can follow us on Twitter at Dice and Names. Or why don't you visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Or if you prefer, subscribe on iTunes. Or how about visiting our guild page on Board Game Geek. Hey, Lance followed us on Twitter. I saw that. that. That's awesome. All right. It's only been uh, uh, six months after we had him on the show. Thanks, Lance. I know. There's your outro, by the way. (laughs)